So we are just coming back from the Digital Summit in Price Canyon, and uh, we're going to talk with uh, Venus about your impressions of the summit and mm -hmm. you know what you liked and how the whole thing unfolded for you. This year we had Tony Sweet as a guest speaker and presenter, and I think it was a very exciting event. What, what do you think were the highlights for you? I really liked the, the talks uh, on composition. Mm -hmm. I thought they were very expansive and I liked the way they developed over the course of the days, you know, starting off with introductions, um, showing work, explaining things, but each, each uh, session went into more detail and went into more depth and expanded. They kept on expanding and I, I found that really good. So by the end, they were very full. Mm -hmm. And um, I liked the differences both the differences and the similarities but like particularly with composition because you spoke about composition and Tony Sweet spoke about composition and the the different um, approaches yeah Tony has a very different take on composition than I do yeah. he's more into the geometry and uh, the lines uh, I'm, I'm more interested in the shapes you know mm. So, it, yeah, it, I think it complemented a lot. And, you know, you, you said that it was a sort of gradual build-up, which, yeah. uh, you know, we did not really plan it that way, but it sort of worked out uh, in that direction. Yeah, and it was good with all of that in mind uh, to then go out and take photographs. And, uh, I mean, sometimes it's a bit hard to apply all those things during the course of the summit. There's not enough time to to explore all the principles of composition, for example. Mm -hmm. But to go out and particularly to photograph an area like Bryce, which I found really difficult to photograph, and to try and apply some sense of composition or those classical rules of composition was a real challenge. Yeah, there's a lot left for later because you discover a new place, you discover new knowledge, and uh, it's quite a challenge to put it all together and yeah. <laughs> put out a, you know, something interesting. Yeah. But I think we, we forget that we learn and then we apply later on. And I think eventually it's a gradual process, and we, we have to make it ours. You mm. know, it's it's really sort of the secret. You, you, I think all professional photographers are fascinated by the work of other professional photographers because none of us can do what we ever once do. Yeah. I mean, we can try and we can duplicate, but it's not us. So we don't think that way. And uh, you know, very often when you study, you think, oh, I'm I'm gonna take this and I'm going to do exactly what that person does and that's not always the goal but the goal is to sort of you know internalize the knowledge like with me I you know listen to Tony tell me about triangles and this and that <laughs> and I find it interesting but I don't see that way I don't look for triangles uh, but but we learned some interesting things you know always photograph red yeah <laughs> yeah that was a winner that was, <laughs> that was a good well. one that was a good one. Um, what did he say also? Always photograph S-curves. That's right. <laughs> well, even if you don't necessarily want to portray those things, you become much more aware of the shapes and pattern in the landscape and what you maybe can use and, and maybe not use. Right. And also, I think you become used to looking for visual things, which is not normal. Uh, we don't... Uh, if you're not a photographer... You don't look for his curves, mm. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, that's you know? right. And, and when people say, uh, wow, how did you do that? Well, maybe the answer for Tony is, I saw an S-curve, <laughs> right? Or I saw a triangle, or I saw a red thing, you know? And, but in normal life, you don't look for his curves. You know? the, the other thing that um, was quite funny was, 
you know, the way Tony talks about it and illustrates his points with his own work, uh, it makes it look so easy. You know, like it's all out there. And then when you go to try and find those things, uh, you realise that it's not so easy and it, it's actually based on years of of practice, years of going out and and photographing and refining. And, yeah, that in itself is, is a revelation of yeah. sorts. Yeah, I, we were talking earlier and we talked about the fact that when it looks easy, it's because it's effortless for the, the audience. You know, there's, you don't perceive the work behind the final piece, you know. It's a little bit in crafts, you know. Uh, when you see a beautifully made leather bag, for example, you don't understand handmade. You don't understand that each stitch is a lot of work, you know. You just look at how uh, perfect it is, and sometimes you forget that somebody was behind this, you know. And I had uh, one day I made a piece of furniture in my house in Paris, and I had some friends over, and I showed it to them, and uh, they said, "No, my God, you could not have done this. This is too perfect." And I said, "No, I did it. I, I'm, I, you know, I swear, I, you can't buy this. I made it myself." And they looked on the backside, and I hadn't stand the backside, and I had it wasn't finished you know because nobody was going to look on the backside and they looked at that and they found all the defects and they looked at me and says oh yeah you made it they <laughs> <laughs> could see your mark right there. <laughs> it was imperfect so therefore it, you know and i don't feel i never took it as an insult I, I i thought it's interesting because we had to find an imperfection to believe that it was handmade yeah yeah you know we forget that handmade can be perfect and of course when it's perfect you think oh it's easy you know um, it's interesting that you don't have that feeling when it's a machine, right? Like if we see a, a, a part for an engine, you know, which was done by a router or some, you know, CMC machine, we don't think, wow, I can do it because we know that there is some very heavy equipment behind it. But yeah. when it's handmade, we think, well, if this person made it with their hands, then I have hands, I can make it with my hands. Or they did it with their camera, they taught me how to do it, I'm going to go with my camera, I'm going to do it. But it doesn't work that way. Because there is all sort of knowledge involved. No? But even even if you you know you go out into the field and try those things and find that you know it's much more difficult, what I find I'm left with is the inspiration then to go and explore further. So even even though you might not be getting the shots that you think you're trying to get, mm-hmm. you're still inspired. Yeah. So the inspiration stays with you, and that was one of the things that came through really strongly for me with the the whole workshop was feeling inspired. Yeah, and it's hard to be inspired. There's so many people that are not inspired, but, I mean, we teach workshops, and uh, sometimes we have participants that come to us and say, what, sh- what should I photograph? And, you know, I'm, I'm dumbfounded because it's obviously right there in front of us. Or they'll ask, what do you see? Yeah. And I'll tell them what I see. Yeah. Yeah, we had a workshop in uh, the Eastern Sierras, and you were there. Yeah. And the first morning, we woke up, and it was snowing, and we drove up the Sierras, and we couldn't go all the way because it was icy, and we parked. And I started shooting from basically wherever I parked. It was right right there. It was fantastic. And... Uh, two participants were not photographing. So I went to see them. Natalie told me about it, and I went to see them, and I said, where is your camera? And they said, well, I, I don't see anything. And I said, they, they said, what do you see? And I said, well, look, we have snow, we have full color, we have sunrise light. Mm-hmm. I mean, what more do you want, you know? And uh, it, it's, you know, it's always surprising. But I think inspiration is, is pretty, uh, you know, 
finicky, I guess. But you, you have to be open to it as well. The same thing happened in the recent um, field workshop that you know we stopped in many places and we had to just find something to right. photograph. And as soon as you give yourself um, the space to do that, all of a sudden right. the scene opens up and there's lots to photograph. You know, the open shade mm-hmm. exercise. When I first arrived, I went, oh, you know, I don't know. That doesn't look, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't look, that, <laughs> doesn't good. look that good. <laughs> right. and, and we found all kinds. Yeah. Billy and I found some mm-hmm. amazing uh, colors in the rocks and, and just little things like that. So you find things of interest where you least expect it. Well, it, it, yeah. And one thing is, uh, you know, what's very obvious one is what you do with it. Because before I knew all I know about light... I actually hardly ever got up for sunrise. I did not know why get up for sunrise or why stay for sunset. I remember I would drive back because I wanted to make it back before it was dark. <laughs> so that meant leaving very early on. I mean, I had no understanding of anything. I remember when I moved to Arizona and Southern Utah during the monsoon season where it, the clouds build up in the afternoon and then it rains. I would go hiking. Usually I would start around 11 or noon. And... Uh, I would go to a place aiming to be there when it's in full sunlight, and I would always get there. It was cloudy, and I was like, every day it happens. Every <laughs> you were being blessed every day. You didn't realize it. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, but I did not feel it that way. I felt frustrated because, like, every day I go, and it's sunny, and then clouds beyond, and it rains, and, and every day it happens, and I'm getting tired of this because I had no understanding of the weather pattern. I did not understand the monsoons. People kept telling me, we have the monsoons here, and I was like, we are not in India, you know? <laughs> I, you know and, but you really have to learn the, the weather, the light, you know, all of that. It's not in, it's not in net, you know? Mm. Because I, I, I was coming at it from a backpacking perspective where you don't want to backpack if it's raining, you don't want to backpack if it's cloudy, it's better if it's sunny and clear. But from a photographer's perspective, it's completely different. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have people, one, one, one day we taught a Navajoland workshop and uh, we had clouds every single day. It was fantastic. It was amazing. And mm-hmm. one day we had clouds from, day, from morning to evening. We photographed and all day, literally. Yeah, literally. And one participant asked me, he said, well, I, what I said is, I said, this is an incredible day. And he said, what's so special about it? That was literally <laughs> his question. And I, yeah. you know, I, I, I suppose at this point, nothing surprises me. And I said, uh, clouds. And he said, oh. And it, all of a sudden, he saw the clouds. Yes. They had been real since. It had opened up. Yeah. Yeah, it, it clicked. Yeah. And, and I think he may ask, ask me, he said, well, what about the clouds? And I said, well, it means we can photograph the sky as opposed to just keeping a strip of it to say where, you know, the horizon yeah. is. And he was like, oh, if there was no clouds, you wouldn't put that much sky. Well, exactly, because it's boring. It's empty, you know. But now the clouds become part of the composition. Mm. And then we have beautiful light and shade patterns throughout the landscape. Yeah. So you could have the monuments, one in the shade, one in the sun. It was constantly yeah. changing. So you learn that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and sometimes that may be all they learn, but that's an enormous amount. You never have to learn it again, you know. Well, I think the summit taught a lot of them uh, how to see again, basically, um, with you and Tony looking at your accomplishments and your work. And um, I, I thought Tony was very inspiring. Oh, yeah, he's uh, great, yeah. For me, it, it made me want to just go home and start painting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and he, and he makes it he makes it sound easy. Okay, I did this, I did that, and there you go, right? But what comes across you know. is that he's doing what he loves, like you yeah. do. 
Yeah. And it's so wonderful to see it in other artists. It, it gives you hope, you know. Yes. <laughs> I think to a lot of people it's important that they, they learn that some of us do what we love. And there was such, you know? um, such an infusion of, of playfulness right. that came out right. of Right. Especially uh, the during the print review at the end, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, Which I thought was the best print review we've ever had. Oh, it was. Yeah. And the all three of you commenting on the yeah. word. I felt like we were role-playing in a little bit. <laughs> you know, or, or sort of doing a show, you know. A lot of shows have three people, you know. Like American Idol, we have three judges, <laughs> you know. And, and, and there's a reason for three. Because you can never side up two and two, right? right? So there's always a, a split. It's either all, everybody has a different opinion or two agree and one disagrees. Or everybody agrees. Sometimes you all agree. Yes, yes, yeah, right. So we could yeah. play all the three combinations, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it went very well because uh, you, Uber, and Tony just contributed so much to each person's. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think we basically uh, gave everybody the same amount of time. It went on for almost two and a half hours. Yeah, we had to take a break in the middle. Yeah, I think we're all getting tired. And yes. the display of the the print was really good with the easels and the lights. Everyone could sit down and have a look at it and uh, yeah that was great it was great as a participant being able to see everybody's work right that was and you know again a place like Bryce you think everyone's going to produce the same images mm. but they're also no. different yeah there was a little bit of repetition but very little yeah. very little yeah. and then when Tony was doing the review he was cracking me up and he said oh where was this okay I'm going there tomorrow. that's right that's right <laughs> Remember? <laughs> yeah, at the end, yeah. And he said that several times. Yeah. Well, okay, I know where I'm going yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. yeah. Well, because he's very motivated. He yes. has a, you know, he's got a goal. And that right? was his yeah. first time there too, wasn't it? It was. I yeah. Think so. Yeah. It yeah. was. He may have been there a long time ago, but definitely... Uh, Not recently. Uh, mm. No. I mean, he arrived uh, on first day and did uh, his presentation on Friday and he had already worked. Yeah. Yes. yeah. I was very impressed, actually. <laughs> and, you know... That was a highlight for many people at the summit, was that print review. Yeah, well, it always is, yeah. But we had never done it that well before. Mm -hmm. And I think having these halls and having all the presenters take turns, that's the secret. Mm -hmm. And then having the lights. You know, we didn't have these halls last year. So that, that's really, uh, that's the way. You know, it, it's, it's simple, but it took several years to actually get down to the, the way that works the best. I was also interested, uh, the amount of time we had to produce work was not much, mm -hmm. but the quality of mm -hmm. the, the prints uh, was pretty good. I think so, yeah. yeah. I did not see any, any print that, you know, had enormous problems. No. There was minor problems. Given actually. that we're all working from laptops, you know, yeah. we weren't yeah. working from calibrated screens yeah. and we didn't know how the <laughs> printer was going to respond. Yeah, it really went very well. Yeah, I don't think there's any laptop that's perfectly calibrated. No. You know. <laughs> Plus you tilt the screen back and forth. That's what frustrates me on laptops yeah. is you tilt the screen backwards or forward and you see different colors, you know. So I don't like working on laptops, but... Um, yeah. I think the sponsors also contributed a large part. Kevin being so generous, letting people just take the P45 and yeah. go out shooting for sunrise, sunset, mm -hmm. maybe do a little bit of an orientation with him, but yeah. um, that was very nice and generous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, and uh, there were people that definitely took him up on his offer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, how often do you have that, right? Yeah. yeah. Just bring your own card. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was great. Yeah. You can impress all your friends. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't buy it, right? You, you can say, look at my file size. <laughs> I've got 50 meg resolution, right? Um, yeah, sure. And, you know, his energy too, because um, he's so committed to yeah. to the cameras that he has, was very infectious. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. By the end of it, everyone wanted one. Almost. Right, <laughs> yeah. And I think some of them will end up getting one, yeah. yeah. Which is the idea, but he's also passionate about photography. Well, yeah. He's not just there he to... Yeah. right the whole time when yeah. we yeah. broke, he was... And that's important, because mm. it shows that, you know, you can be there to market your product, but still not be you know, without an interest in photography. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, you know, o- always look at what people do. You know, th- does the car dealer drive the car that they sell or do they drive some other thing? That, that makes a big difference. Because they trust their product or they don't, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, anybody can set a camera, but not everybody has a passion for photography at the same time. Right, you know? right. 